the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hour 2 is good to be with you today. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5 right here on the station. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, World Cup's over for the United States. If you uh, paid attention to soccer or were pretending to like soccer over the last few uh, few days, we lost to the Netherlands. However, I was reminded that uh, the United States is leading the Netherlands 1,972 to zero when it comes to Waffle House restaurants. So uh, very excited about that. We need Waffle House here in uh, in California. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you leave California, they're taxed out of California, but their Waffle Houses are great. They're just everywhere. If you if you just like an old greasy restaurant where you can go in and have a nice waffle or uh, maybe have some other things happen, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, we need them here in America. Maybe we need it in, uh, in America, in California. We need to uh, have a campaign about that. Anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later because there's far more important things going on. You know, there is another case that's in front of the Supreme Court. It was argued this morning that is another First Amendment case that uh, it matters a lot. And as Christians, as people in the church, we're taking a look at it for the second time in five years. There's been this kind of, of court case that is religious freedom against with the idea that Christians or religious people in general, not just Christians, but can a person of religious conviction decide not to make a product for a gay wedding? And that's coming up. If you remember, it was cakes before. Do we have to make a wedding cake? Court found, no, you don't. Uh, Now it's, do I need to make a website? If I make websites for marriages and somebody comes to me and they say, hey, uh, we saw what you did with this other marriage and we liked your uh, your marriage website. Would you make one for us? And uh, you say, no, we don't do one for same-sex marriages. Do you have a right to discriminate on that basis? Well, that was argued in the Supreme Court uh, once again today. Uh, it's the same type of argument. There are some differences, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more tomorrow. The case, if you're interested, is 303 Creative LLC versus Elenis. And uh, we won't get a decision until June because that's how it works most of the time. But, you know, one of the things we've been talking about here and we'll talk about that subject a little bit more later this hour. All of this is coming down to the problem with changing the definition of marriage ultimately. But one of the things I think is that we've talked about on this program is that it's not just about the definition of marriage changing. Listen to this, listen to this carefully. This is Karine Jean-Pierre, the president's spokesperson today, speaking about this uh, court case. We have talked about this. We recognize the uh, the uh, right to free speech, and we support ensuring that no one is discriminated against or refused services because of who they love and who they are. And so, as you know, we've been very clear about that. The administration believes that every person, no matter their sex, uh, race, religion, or who they love, should have the equal access to society, including access to products and services on the same terms as other members of public. And that is the administration's argument um, for this. We'll talk about it more. It's about Colorado law. But I wanted to talk about this point. 
is marriage just about love is love? That seems to be where this conversation so often goes, is that if two people are in love, why should they not be married? And as we've been talking about on this program, that marriage is a lot more than that. And with me on the program now is Lee Habib. And Lee Habib wrote an article in in, uh, an essay, really, in Newsweek called The Best Way to Close the Wealth Gap in America, Try Marriage. And it's a great article because it's talking about marriage a little bit more. Lee is an American talk radio executive, and uh, he's the founder and host of Our American Stories, a weekday radio show syndicated across the United States and a podcast. And he writes columns in USA Today, Washington Examiner, National Review, and a regular essay for Newsweek. Lee, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, thanks for having me. And if you wouldn't mind, as you're talking about that discrimination case, yeah, I, I live in a little town called Oxford, Mississippi, and I like to flip things and ask questions because I think when you come at people with answers, you always lose them. And I have a game I play called Name the Jerk. That's the name of the game, <laughs> Name the Jerk. All right. And so here's the first one I threw at them. A young Christian couple walks into a mosque. It wants to meet the imam. They greet each other. The imam is very cordial. The Christian couple is very cordial. But then the Christian couple says, we want you to marry us in a Christian wedding in your mosque. The imam says, I can't do that. It's a mosque. We respect your God, but we have ours. So with all due respect, we can't do that for you. But there are 30 Christian churches around here. Why did you pick my mosque? And then I say to the kids, who's the jerk? And it's the Christian couple, right? Why are they picking on the imam? Why are they doing that to him? Yeah. And I think framing it this way, right, who are the people targeting whom becomes very interesting, right? And I think, and especially as it relates to artistic expression and freedom of expression. I mean, look, if you run a base, you're just manufacturing a chiclet. I'm I'm a lawyer from University of Virginia Law School, and I know just enough to, you know, get in trouble. But one of the things I really cared about was this space. So if you're doing public accommodations, you're running a hotel, uh, you can't discriminate. But once you get to that artistic imagination, the, 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 the dressing on the top of the cake, the, the painting, um, those kinds of compulsions that get in the way of the freedom of conscience of that person or the artistic expression, um, this, is the case, this is the part of the case where the Supreme Court will err inside of this expression and on the side of religious freedom. And just as that imam wasn't a bigot, he did not hate Christians. He simply couldn't marry them, right? And there's a difference. And if anybody was being a bigot, it was the Christians targeting the imam on purpose to be able to call him a bigot when he wasn't. And And that's what I think is interesting about that name the jerk game. And I want to get this game popularized so we can get a bunch of scenarios and then get kids to say who's the jerk. Maybe we can get a board game version of it. They can just pull out a card with different things. I think that I think you're onto something here, Ali. <laughs> Name the jerk. So, the uh, but the piece in Wall Street there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago, and it was an interesting piece in the Personal Journal, and it followed the life of a young cohabitating couple hmm. in Asheville, North Carolina. And it followed their lives, and, and at one point, this young couple is stupefied. They're stymied by a simple fact released by the Federal Reserve of St. Louis, which had come out with data talking about the wealth gap between 25 and 44-year-olds, same peer group, one married, one cohabitating, and one single. And here was the data. 68,000 net worth for married couples, 25 to 34. 
17,000 for cohabitating couples. That's a four times difference this early on and only 7,000 for single people. And so that's almost a 10x difference. So the married people were four times higher than the cohabitators, 10 times higher than the single people. And this piece, rather than be a, 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 a good news for marriage piece, treated the cohabitating class and the singles as victims of some kind of inchoate scheme against them. Mm. And reaction of the Wall Street Journal readers, most of whom were, were married, was fabulous. Because these poor kids, these young couples, sim- simply couldn't understand why they, cohabitators, were doing worse than their married peers. We're doing, we're doing worse than their married peers. I think so that that's this, what I dug into. I think this leads into the, the notion that marriage is not just about love. Um, there's a, you ever watch the movie Spaceballs and they're having this, this wedding. It's an old Mel Brooks movie and the, the priest is getting all upset at the couple because they keep talking to each other and flirting with each other. And finally they're like, I love you, I love you too. And he says, will you please be quiet? I'm trying to conduct a wedding here which has nothing to do with love. And, right, exactly yeah. right. And it's it's funny, uh, and it's not what they mean in it, but you know we've come to this place in our society where we've lost what marriage is, haven't we? Well, we have, and, and if you wouldn't mind, the readers, you know, some of, as you know, some of your listeners are better than many of your guests, right? Right. They're just so wise. <laughs> and, and you wish some of the listeners could become permanent guests, but they have jobs, right? And, yeah. and, and what happened here is some of the write-in responses were better than any experts. And I just wanted to share a few because they're so dazzling. And there were 600 of them. And, and this great. was the number one article in the Wall Street Journal for a week because it was touching on something. Why not sing the good news about marriage? By the way, Pew had come out with a poll three months ago saying married people are happier um, and, and, and less lonely. There was a poll earlier last year about married the children of married kids being 10 times less likely to commit suicide, uh, like nine times less likely to end up in jail. So you've got all this positive news about marriage, and yet people are delaying marriage. Hmm. So there's like this disjoint between data and facts and the culture. And so here were some of the comments, and they're just spectacular. The first one, what was interesting, these readers did not judge the cohabitators. They weren't saying, oh, shame on you. They didn't do that. They did something better. They said, why are you surprised? There's a difference. Yes. This is what one said. The mystery isn't why married people are wealthier, but why allegedly educated people think it shouldn't be true, wrote Sean McCoy. Here's another. Honestly, if a man and woman won't commit to marriage, then why commit to anything involving long-term financial goals, wrote Megan Sell. And this comment, by the way, echoed dozens of others. Here's another. As my wife likes to remind me, I'm not your roommate. Call me old-fashioned, but there's a difference. I got to hit you with just two more. Marriage is a long-term commitment to legacy, wrote Ida Bird Hill. Cohabitating is about reduction of expenses in the short term. This critical difference of philosophy is seen in real-life wealth building. And this was my favorite of all, and it's by Alice H. Marriage commitment is much deeper than feelings. The girl, the young girl interviewed here said, I feel like we're married. So she says, marriage commitment is deeper than feelings, though they matter, she wrote. One discovers the power of commitment exactly when feelings are at their lowest. Commonly, married couples encounter a rough patch, maybe more. Getting past that, resolving differences, and coming out on the other side transformed 
even more strongly committed and appreciative is a truly indescribable, powerful adult experience. I couldn't say it any better than that. I don't think many people can. Spectacular. Yeah, I think that is um, absolutely right. And it's an adult experience. And that, I think, just matters a lot, right, is that and I like the idea that, you know, when you're when you're cohabitating or you're you're single, right, you spend money on whatever you want because it doesn't affect anybody else. I mean, it's a magic. It's amazing how much salsa and hummus I would bring home from Costco if my wife wasn't going to say those things weren't on the list. Well, one reader, Brad Headley, said just that. He says, once you become married, if you spend money on frivolous things, you're spending the family money. Yes. Not your own. I barely spend anything on myself anymore other than the bare necessities. And most men know this. And by the way, most of us, once we get married and then have that child, we become so much more productive because we're not focused on self. And that's when we become happiest. You know, when we are always worrying about our own happiness, we become miserable. And John Stuart Mill, the great John Stuart Mill, did a long-term study on happiness and found out that the truly happiest people served others and didn't worry about their own happiness. And that's what happens when you have children. Uh, me, I dissolved and disappeared as my, as, my, as my daughter came into this world. And, there were, you know, there was one other person that said, hey, I've got a reason why. There are just a few words we all say we married people, the words, till death do us part. Right. And this, again, these are, these are, uh, these are things, and I, this one, I really feel sad for these young people because they're missing out on the greatest love experience of them all. And that is not the feeling of love, but the doing of love and the and the thriving of love over time. Not just, you know, feeling the, the, the eros, the, the titillation of romance, which is not love. That's not love. And anybody who's married a long time would be the first to say, I don't know what that is. That's interesting. That's entertaining. But it fades and something else needs to replace it. Um, and, and in the end, we don't have enough. Any, I don't think we have almost any scenes from the culture that reinforce the joys of marriage and the, and the, and the benefits of long-term relationships and what they look like. I mean, I remember Billy Crystal, that, that movie where they, they focused on all the older couples through the, through the, the movie with he and Meg Ryan. Right. And that was so great to hear those old couples talking about when they met and how they met. They'd begin, they'd been together 50 years and everybody in the end, I think wants that, but nobody talks about how to do that. Because we're so busy doing these romantic shows about young couples in love, but not getting through a patch. And then they hit a patch and they're going, oh, let me get to the next person and let me get to the next feeling. You know, the great theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, his niece had written to him. She was worried about love and she was worried about whether she would lose that feeling that she had for her fiance. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote to her and said, it is love, my dear, that won't save marriage. Marriage that will save your love. Yeah, that's it's a terrific. Love. That is fantastic. You're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is Lee Habib. He's written an article for Newsweek, an essay called "The Best Way to Close the Wealth Gap in America: Try Marriage." And uh, you know, where do you think that uh, we've lost this? And uh, how do we get it back? How do we teach younger people who are getting married and who are you know who want to get married ultimately and have these these visions? Right? I think we still have it in the culture: the idea of happily ever after. Otherwise. There would be no Hallmark Channel or Great American Network and these kinds of movies that are so popular. Where did we lose it? How did we get it back? No doubt. I think the churches can help. I mean, when I think about our churches, we spend so much time on children's programs. 
But a Barna study revealed that 85% of churches spend no time on marriages. Yeah, zero. Not pre marriage. Zero. Zero. 85% and not a penny on marriage ministries. And by the way, what happens to those children when there's a divorce? Mm -hmm. Right? And so I think it starts with a self worth. There's a great guy named J.P. DeGance who runs an organization called Communio. And he is out there working on this problem with hundreds and hundreds of churches. And, and great results when they from just working with the kids and the five-year-olds and, you know, making sure that we have programs for them. Nothing for the dating 28-year-olds who are having a hard time meeting people or the married young people who don't know what to do when they get their first bad time. And then there's nothing in the church where married couple come up and share their testimony about the number of times they thought they were going to break up, but they got to the other side, that they survived an infidelity. They survived some kind of betrayal. And in the end, on the other side, they came out closer together with these crazy concepts like forgiveness. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then you come closer to the Lord when you do these things, too. Um, when you repent and you forgive, um, this is a renewal cycle for your marriage. We're not spending any time with that. I've never encountered it. My wife and I do a lot. We talk continually. Because we, well, if our churches won't do it, we can. And, uh, and a lot of young people aren't sure whether to get married. Until they get married. One of my favorite moments in Woman Hour and this show, I also work at Salem. I'm a vice president of content with, with, with the company. And there, a caller was calling in. It was a young man, and he wanted to call Dennis. There wasn't a lot of time left. And he was, he had, I was working with the call screener, and the person that said, you know, I'm, a, I'm 23, I want to get engaged, but I'm not making enough money, and, I, and I'm not sure what to do. Well, we put him through. Dennis Prager said, well, do you love her? Yes. Do you, do, you, do you share the same values? Do you both want to have families? Do you share the same religious views? Yes. And do you, so, so what are you waiting for? And the kid's like, the young man is like, well, I just, if I only had more money, if I only had this. And he says, you're never going to be ready. Just get to it. Why, why don't you just ask her for her hand in marriage? Because if you don't, maybe she'll just walk. Maybe you're delaying this and they've been dating for five years. Hmm. And what do you know? He calls back the next week and he says, I asked her and she said, yes. And thank you for the encouragement. I think that's thank you for the encouragement. It's great advice. My first ministry was young adult ministry, and so often I had the same conversation with people. Like, well, do you love her? Yeah. Do you like her? Yeah. Well, how long have you been dating? Five years. Marry her. You know, (laughs) that was my advice. We'll marry her. What's wrong with you? You know, well, we're not ready. We don't own a house. We don't forget about that. Marry her. I think we've lost. You know what's amazing? How how ready you get. How ready you get once you marry. Yeah. It's because you're never going to be ready till you do. People always say, when are you ready for children? What are you talking about? You're never ready. You kidding (laughs) me? That's right. You're never ready. You think you're ready. Get to it and enjoy it. Even when you think you're ready, you're not. You're not. You have no one. And and if you wait too long, you get into selfish habits. And now you don't want to give up your lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for marrying in your 20s and not waiting until you're 40 or 50 or your chances of, you know, so much of what, you know, you watch Sex in the City, that that show where you see all these older ladies running around single. And and, uh, when I would watch it from rare moments that I would watch it, I go, this is just so depressing. It, it, these, these women have no love. And, and, and I, you know, and, and I, but this is what the culture offers a lot of our young people and our churches has to, our churches particularly have to be really countercultural, our young people, and then let those people bring their marriages into their workplace, into their, into their friendships with people who aren't Christians. And, you know, that's our, you know, that's the best way for us to, 
to proselytize. It's how we live our lives. Um, you know, be a sermon, don't give one. And yes. and this is the way to live. And then people one day will sit down and ask you, well, what are you, what are you, how do you guys keep together? Oh, we don't. Right. He stays close to the Lord. I do. We forgive each other. We repent. We say, I'm sorry to each other a lot. The marriage, it used to be an apologetic for the church, right? It was so strong yeah. a reason to to show everything like that. I think that's exactly the right advice. That's what I give people who are listening. If you're saying, yeah, I wish my church would do more than that. Well, do you have a good marriage? You can share it. Yes. You know? And why are we putting everything on churches anyway? The pastors are busy. We're the church. Right. We're the church. That's right. We are. You know, and, and so, I mean, the Catholics have free Canaan. So they, they try, but it, it doesn't work. I mean, they have the same divorce rates as the culture. Right. Our evangelical churches have the same divorce rates as the culture. Why don't we start there? Right. <laughs> we got to start inside. My guest is Lee Habib. And uh, Lee, um, tell us about your podcast and how people can connect with you. Well, we're, uh, we're syndicated by Premier Networks. They're a part of iHeart. We're on every night, Monday to Friday, on stations all over the country. And then all you have to do is go to uh, the iHeart Radio app and uh, just say Our American Stories. And you'll catch stories about everything from Washington to, to the great church builders to the great men of business and women. And also great, just the best faith stories you've ever heard. And we're only talking to secular people and trying to bring them into the fold by just sort of, you know, planting those mustard seeds of, uh, of, of the Lord out there into the, the greater world. So you just go to Our American Stories um, uh, on iHeart's app or Apple Podcasts app or, or anywhere you want. I think we just moved up to number 12 in the national rankings. And I think it's simply because we're telling redemptive stories and positive and good stories about a good and decent country. And we're telling particularly good stories about people of faith, and they're just not being told enough in, in yeah. the secular world. Yeah. And stories, incidentally, that's how uh, that's what the Bible is, mostly stories. That's what Jesus did. He told yeah. stories, right? This is what communicates our faith. There's no doubt. We, the American, the, the, the human being was hardwired to, to, to love the narrative form. And, I, you know, when I first read the, the Prodigal Son, I was sort of a kid. Now I'm the dad, and if my daughter were to, you know, do what that son did, the question will be, which, would I be that father? And so what, the, what, what Jesus was doing is teaching us by example and giving us characters we could emulate or not be. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to be the brother, when, uh, the, the other brother in that parable, who doesn't welcome his brother back, though That's his right. father did. We don't want to be that brother. So these stories have not only tremendous resonance throughout history, but they have tremendous resonance and move and seem to change as we change. And that's the remarkable part of Jesus' teachings. And that's the power of story. Always is the power of story. Yeah. Lee, thank you for joining me today, and thanks for what you're doing in your ministry. We appreciate it very much. Happy to do it. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you. My guest is is Lee Habib. He is an American Talk Radio executive right here with Salem, and he's the host of Our American Stories. You can look up Our American Stories online, anywhere you get your podcasts, and listen to it. The stories are great, by the way. Uh, Check them out. They're very well done. It's an excellent podcast. Lee, thanks for joining us on Southern California Live today. I will be back right here on Southern California Live as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. We've been talking about 
uh, marriage and how we've lost the what that is what it really means and one of the greatest uh, piece of advice that we can give our guest was Lee Habib in the last seg- section he wrote a essay in Newsweek that talks about the best way to close the wealth gap in America is marriage, meaning the wealth gap between married people uh, and anybody, if you're looking for to build your life in retirement, married people do much better on all of this. And part of it is your attention is on building a life together and not just selfish things. There's a lot that goes into that. And one of the good solutions is that for believers, we need to be telling the stories about how our marriages uh, are and how we've gotten through those rough patches when we've done that. Uh, the number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Scott? Good, Ted. How are Ted. you today? Good. Ted, City of the Angels, uh, my, my take on it is, is, you know, they're making it such a buzz killer that you're not supposed to be in love. And I watched my parents, it was a 63-year love affair, and my father always had the last word. And that was yes, dear, after she punched him in the arm. And then he said, I will make it up to you later. And they just loved each other. They loved each other. They started in a trailer park in Santa Monica. They had two kids. Then they bought a house in Culver City. Uh, and then they had two more kids, they two boys, two girls. And it was a complete love affair. And they had intimacy through the roof. My mother bragged about it. And, and it was just a, an amazing thing to watch. Marriage is more than just raising kids, it's intimacy. And you can't tell people, oh, this is just about marriage, a procreation. No, it's a love affair. And everything else that goes along with it, that's the complete marriage. Yeah, and that's and what I, people need to hear. And I think what people Amen. need to hear is that that love, like you're describing, is not a feeling. It's something that you do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you might have the feeling, but there are days when you don't. You still have to do it. You still love that person, and you move through all of that stuff. Ted, I appreciate uh, your call and sharing Thank that uh, that story Thank about your, your folks. Uh, being married 63 years is pretty cool. My parents have been married 60 years now and uh, still going, and they've had their ups and downs. Do you share your story about marriage? Do you have any stories that you would like to share about how you and your spouse have made it through something? Maybe there's somebody listening who needs to hear that story right now, because I think another thing is, part of the divorce rate, right, is that people just give up. You know, some people go through some really terrible things, and there's been terrible adultery and mistrust, and it's super difficult, but there are lots of people who just give up. And and then some people, I think, give up and they stay married, but they uh, they just give up and they don't push through all of that. Part of what we are to do is share our stories about how we've been able to do that. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Two five five seven is the number. Uh, there is a, you know, there's a there's a scene from an old Jimmy Stewart movie, and that's called Shenandoah was the movie, and there's a scene in it where Jimmy Stewart has a conversation with his daughter's suitor, uh, Lieutenant Sam, and in the movie Sam approaches uh, the Jimmy Stewart character, his name's Charlie, to ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. Did you do that, guys, when you got married? Did you actually ask your, your father, soon-to-be father-in-law? I did. And uh, that was a great conversation. You get nervous, you know, dialing the phone, but uh, it was a great conversation. It went really well. Anyway, in this movie, Sam comes to uh, Jimmy Stewart character, and he says, I want to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. And Jimmy Stewart, you know, in the whole Jimmy Stewart way, you know, he says to him, well, well why? why? Why do you want to marry her? And he says, well, I love her. And he says, well, well, that's not good enough. Do you like her? 
And Sam says, well, I just said, I, no, no, Jimmy Stewart said, no, you, you, you said you loved her. And there's, there's some difference between love and like. You know, basically says, you know, you can love somebody, but you got to like them. And uh, I used that uh, a lot with people in counseling is that, okay, you love this person, but do you like them? And you can learn to like people and appreciate the different things they do. That's a big piece of it that really goes into the foundations of a marriage and sharing your life. You're not just sharing. I think this is some of the problem. Is some of the problem is that we're talking about love and then we're talking about sort of the romance of all of it in our culture, but we're not talking about the work of what it means to really like somebody and spend your life together. To to realize, I know we don't want to say it out loud, but probably your wedding day is one of the best days you're ever going to look in your life. Not true for everybody, but it's true for a lot. Like as soon as you go down the aisle, you know, you've, you've reached the point of that pinnacle of how you're going to look. Um, don't say that by the way, to your spouse, it's just, you know, privately between you and me, you know, if you're getting married for that reason, well, it's going to get rougher. But as you grow in like for each other and you love each other, you still see each other as attractive and beautiful. And it, it matters a lot. 888-528-2557. Angela in Glendora, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, um, I just wanted to just share a little bit um, about my story. I lost my husband two years ago. We were oh, married 43 years. I'm sorry. We were, um, I call it the simple formula. Uh, the simple formula of marriage to me and what I experienced is Christ. And we walked hand in hand for 43 years. We served in the marriage ministry most of those years. Uh, always encouraging young people, always encouraging marriages. Um, the churches that I, the church I belonged to, which was Calvary Chapel, uh, big on marriage at that time that we were raising our children. I mean, this was, um, you know, mm-hmm. all the way from 80 to uh, 1980 to now. Uh, actually, yeah, it was um, 1983, I believe, till, till just two years ago. And we always served in the marriage ministry. And um, that is what kept us going. Um, you know, we became teachers. We became um, encouragers, you know. Um, and, you know, we did counseling. And uh, it just kept us so focused on uh, marriage and on Christ. And many people came um, to uh, actually, a lot of people were on the verge of divorce. Some were divorced. They came back together again. We saw miracles. We saw people that were living together, uh, you know, and they came together and, and they got married because of Christ. And I mean, we we um, and we worked and we worked yeah. at it. <laughs> and it was a good thing for your and marriage it. that you were in ministry together, right? That you served. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and in the marriage ministry, that was one of our. We, we were in many ministries, but that was our major ministry until the Lord took him home two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that uh, that you've lost him. I'm glad he's with the Lord, though. Yes, and I have beautiful memories, and I have I don't feel alone. I, I my husband is Christ, and uh, he left me a beautiful legacy. Uh, you know of the love that he gave me, the servanthood, like he used to say, the dying to self. We we. We're big on dying to self, and yeah. that's what it's about. We die to self, and we look toward the good of the other, you know, goodwill, thinking goodwill of one another, because 
I don't believe that we set out to hurt each other. We're going to hurt each other in marriage. The Bible says that in marriage we will have trouble. Yeah. But, um, you know, God's always there. He's always there for us. And um, communication, keep that communication going between you. Share your heart with each other. Talk about your issues. Don't go to bed angry. All those things (laughs) that the Scripture says, the funny thing is they work, don't they? Uh, they do. How about Absolutely. that? Yeah, Angela, Absolutely. thank you so much for calling Southern California Live and sharing that. Hey, do you have something that you want to share that might encourage people in their, their marriage or people thinking about getting marriage married? You know, I think that when we talk about this, we realize that this is something that matters, that we need to tell the stories of what a good marriage is. You know, in the Bible, there's not a lot of good marriages, but there's Priscilla. And what I mean by that is, you got to be careful when we say biblical marriage, because there, a lot of the marriages in Scripture are kind of a mess, um, but they get through some stuff, right? Some pretty difficult things, uh, and that part matters. There's, there is um, Priscilla and Aquila. This might be the best couple to sort of take a look at if you really wanted to find a biblical couple. And here's one of the reasons, is they're both in service to God, just like Angela was saying, that her and her husband, they were able to serve in the same mar- same ministry, in the marriage ministry. That fit them. You and your spouse, maybe there's a similar ministry that you would serve in together through your church or maybe through a nonprofit or something else that you do together. Um, But sometimes it's not the same. But serving together and serving the Lord together and not not just serving your local 501c3 nonprofit church. I mean, serving the Lord together through your church or maybe in another way, that actually strengthens your marriage tremendously, even if you're doing completely different things. It's awesome if you can do the same thing, but sometimes gifts aren't the same, right? But when you go to church together or you do something regularly where you are serving the Lord together, that will strengthen your marriage. That will help you focus on the right things that gets you through the really difficult times that happen. That's really good advice. You want to join our conversation? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. When we come back, uh, we will clarify a little bit more of what is happening if, with the uh, Supreme Court case about uh, website designers and whether or not they have the freedom to decline um, for religious reasons making a, um, a same-sex marriage website. 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Uh, let me, I'm going to take your calls here, and then uh, we'll finish up with uh, some discussion here about uh, what's going on in the Supreme Court. We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. We'll have a special guest on that also. Sherry and Carlsbad, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Thank you so much for taking my calls. I was hoping this would be, I, I mean, I wish I had something really amazing to share, but I'm just, I just felt the need to call to encourage people. Um, I was married to the the man of my dreams, and we were married for 13 years, and um, our son at the age of four drowned in our pool. Mm. And we, um, me mostly, um, tried to hold up the family. My husband and I did children's ministry together. We were very active in our church, and and um, I just handled it wrong, and um, I couldn't get past it. I was the one that was home. And um, I'm pretty much the one that left out of my marriage. And 30 years later, I regret that more than anything. And if I can encourage anybody out there, 
that goes through something so tragic in their marriage, don't give up. Don't give up because God will have something wonderful for you if you hang in there. And I just wanted to try to be an encouragement. I, I have friends that have gone through stuff and they've hung in there and I see their marriage is, is better than ever now. Now they didn't lose a child, but you know, I'm just seeing the, 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 the fruit of hanging in there through tragedy. And um, I'm hoping I can be an encouragement to anyone out there that's going through it to just hang in there because God will, God will take care of that. Sherry, thank you for sharing that. I know that's a, that's a hard story to share. Um, but you're you're not the only one listening who has a similar story. And there's somebody right now who's going through a tragedy or something and that's putting a lot of strain on the marriage. Um, yes. Yeah, Lots it really does. Yeah. How are you doing so now? Just, you, was this thir- Did you say this was 30 years ago? 30 years ago. You know, oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm good now. I, I mean, you, I always miss my son, but yeah. the thing that I'm just, so sad is I'm I'm still obviously in contact. We have two other kids with my ex, and he's never been remarried. And um, I'm not married now, but I I'm just so sad because we had such a special relationship, yeah. and um, it just breaks my heart, you know. And and I, you know, so it is what it is. But if I can encourage anybody out there to just hang in there, to just hang in there. Yeah. Well, Sherry, thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, in, in all the difficulty of all of this uh, that's gone on in your life, the ability to, to encourage people today, you know, and you know what? Well, this radio show reaches a lot of people. Uh, we get we get notes from people afterward who are like, I can't believe that caller was on and uh, said this. I needed to hear that. So thank you. Well, I wish I could say that our marriage lasted through it. I, I've, I know I couple people that have lost kids that have lost, also lost their marriage. But then I know a couple that, that have that stayed strong through it. Yeah. So if it, yeah, don't have any regrets, stay in there, hang in there. And um, that's all I want to say. All right, Sherry, thank you so much for calling and listening. And God bless you. And thank you so much for your show. Oh, well, thank you for listening. Hey, can you hold on a second and uh, maybe we'll get your address and uh, we'll send you something. That would be awesome. All right, hold on just a second, and uh, Wilbert, Wilbert will get your uh, your address here. Uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, we we'll do that. Sometimes I worry I click the wrong button. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. West in La Palma, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you? Boy, this is a program that <laughs> I really wanted to contribute to. Um, very quickly, I. Got married at a young age, in my 20s, and because I was married and I was the head of the family and I became quite a macho kind of guy and really goofed up my marriage as I went into the Marine Corps during Vietnam, I had extended, my wife was sure that I just didn't want to come home. When I got home, I was wounded, and the difference between all that I did to her and what I had planned was just a clash. We couldn't come together and and trying to melt our love once more, which was great. Anyways, we divorced. Hmm. 
42 years later, after therapy on my part, after God guiding me again, <laughs> we met. And now after four years of getting things straightened out in February, this lady is going to grace my life <laughs> with her love again. So oh, how long have you been God separated? Help. How long have you been apart? 42 years. And now you're getting back together after 42 years. That's correct. West, that is a great story. I mean, there's a lot of hardship, obviously, in that. Oh, yeah. But uh, what a blessing uh, for you guys. That doesn't happen too often. No, it doesn't. And God is the foundation of all this, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. You're getting married in February. Yes. All right, good for you. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. After forty-two years, yes, I'm amazed that this love that she can continually give me uh, has been so much strength to me. Yeah, well, and a lot of grace and forgiveness, even if it takes a while, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Hey, Wes, thank you so much for your call, and congratulations to you and your bride. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, one of the things about West's story here that I don't want us to miss is I said earlier that marriage is meant to be an apologetic for the church, that the tragedy of so much divorce and difficulty that we're having within the church, I mean, obviously there's, we're hearing from people who've had terrible things happen and it's been so hard and I get that. I don't want to, you know, belittle that at all. But look at in West's story, he's getting back together with his bride after 42 years. Part of what I mean by apologetic is this. That what's happening in West's life doesn't happen with most, okay? But it can, and it, you know, it doesn't happen with most. But here's the apologetic part. Maybe you've been away from the Lord. Maybe you have been running from Jesus, who is in the spiritual and the biblical analogy, the the metaphor of of Christ in the church. He is the bright groom and you're the bride, and you've been away for forty two years. He's still waiting for you to come back. That even after 42 years, if you've been running from God, if you've been doing the wrong thing, if you have worried about forgiveness, I want you to know there is still grace. There is mercy. There is the throne of grace, as Hebrews describes it, the book of Hebrews. And that is a way that marriage can be that apologetic. West and his bride are going to have this story to tell. The story to tell us is, hey, 42 years later, we came back together. And the part of the story that they're going to be able to say, to tell people is, and this is what God might be for you. If you think you've been away from God too long, you're wrong. If you think that God can't restore the relationship that you once had, you're wrong. If you think that the tragedies and the hardships and, and the war and whatever it is that you've gone through is too much, you're wrong about that. Trust the Lord. And that's a big piece of it in your marriage, wherever you're at, is you gotta, you got to focus on Christ and you got to run towards Christ as best you can. And then when the hardships come, you'll you'll look over at this person who you might be upset with or frustrated with, and maybe you got a good reason. And if you're facing each other, you might clobber each other. But if you're still running towards Christ, you know, what happens is the hope is going to be that much better that you'll be able to come together and stay working together. So keep working it out. I know it's hard. And we've had some people share some stories. You know, I was I mentioned before the break that we would talk about this uh, Supreme Court case. We will talk about it a little bit more tomorrow. But as you're you're hearing these arguments, you hear some news stories about 
Uh, once again, a Christian company is being sued because they wouldn't do use their product, in this case a website, um, for a same-sex marriage. And just like it's just the same thing as the bakers, very similar thing as the, the bakers who refuse to bake a cake. There is a big piece of this in what we're going to talk about that is under underneath all of this that is where we've been confused about what marriage is, what the spiritual component is of that. These are important stories for our culture because on both sides there are points to be made about, you know, whether or not there's a time for discrimination or not, and where do you draw the line for that? You know, some people who are are saying that they should do the the website are saying that, hey, it's the same thing as an innkeeper. You know, if you owned a, a hotel, you can't say, well, we don't serve your kind here. You know, that's been done in the history of our country, and it's bad. Um, and does it go as far as to say, you know, about creative stuff? It really has to do with, do I need to use my creative talents to support an activity that I don't agree with morally or religiously? You know, well, how far does that go? So the argument gets made that uh, maybe I'm working at a coffee shop and uh, you come in and you want a latte, but I'm not going to artistically do something with the foam for you because I don't agree with uh, your whatever it is. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow when it matters. But underneath all of that, is a misunderstanding of what marriage is, and that's what we've tried to talk about today and why we've heard these stories from you. Can I encourage you? Tell your stories about your your marriages, good, bad, and indifferent. People need to hear because so many people are there, and give them that encourage, just like we heard Sherry do a few minutes ago, the encouragement to say, hey, you know, try not to do what I did, even in the midst of tragedy and hard things. Um, nobody's saying it's hard, not hard or that it's just easy to make a different choice. And in fact, it's just it's just super hard, and my heart goes out to all of you who are dealing with those things. This is why we keep our, faith, our focus and our faith on Jesus Christ. He's the forgiver. He is the prodigal son's father. If you are the prodigal, he's your dad. He is the one who's the bridegroom who gave up everything for you on the cross so that you would inherit his righteousness. That is the promise that we have when we are with Christ. And you always have that no matter what. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back tomorrow as the Southern California Live program continues on Tuesday at 3 o'clock from 3 to 5 tomorrow. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.